over time, I was like, oh, like I'm funny and this and this, and it is maybe connected to these parts about me that are hard and overwhelming. Welcome to Finding Mr. Hyde the Podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host Erica. Erica, how are you today? I am good. I So I've started a little, I'll say a little bit of a fitness journey, but not the oh, typical okay. fitness journey that you think. Uh, last time I was in LA, I posted this story being like, give me your workout class recommendations. Yes, I remember that. Because I, I've yet to be the person that finds the workout class and they go, this is it for me. I love it. I'm obsessed etc, etc. And I have envy of people that do. So today, I went with my friend to a very early class of uh, some, it was a cycling class, but it's in like a heated infrared light studio. So it's like a hot spin? Yes, like a hot sauna spin slash, I forget what infrared lights do. What do they do? They're supposed to do something. They do something good. I don't think I would like that being so hot. So I've done like hot yoga before and I did like that, but I also was doing it in the dead of winter in New York city (laughs) that it was like tricking my brain to being like, we're on a beach in the sun, you know? Yeah. I I've also done hot yoga and I sweat so damn much that I couldn't hold myself up. I was just slipping all over the place. No matter what, like I tried so many different options with towels. I just, I'm like, I can't even do a downward dog. I'm just a fucking slip and slide. Yeah, that, that's the part that gets difficult. And I, I enjoyed the class. And then the end, I felt a little like, okay, are we wrapping this up soon? The heat started to get to me a little bit. Oh, uh, okay. And then the announcer, the, announcer, the instructor. The announcer. Like, okay. <laughs> the narrator said. Listen, I just have my head down at my bike, all right? Like, I, I can't, you know. Uh, what did he say? He, he goes, all right, everybody, we only have five more songs. And I was like, five? That is a lot of songs. <laughs> but he goes, they're a minute and 15. I go, all right. All right, all right, fine. I could do like eight more minutes of this. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if this is a good trait or not. But uh, I, when I hit the point in the class with that, I was like, okay, I'm not doing the up and downs anymore, the little fancy stuff that they had in spin. I was like, I'm yeah. just going to sit and ride the bike for the rest of the time. Like I hit a wall. I was like, I'm just going to sit, ride. So I'm, I'm still doing the class, you know? You were doing something. Uh, yeah, because afterwards... <laughs> You know, he knew I was like noon trying it and he knows my friend because she's obsessed with it. And he comes over and he's like, how'd you, how'd you like the class? And I was like, oh, it was, you know, it was good. And he said to me, he goes, I'm not going to lie. Anytime I, I came by you for like words of encouragement, I, you looked like you wanted to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I just was struggling. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't give you a to smile. Wanted to kill something. From, you happened to from, be there. Yeah. Yeah, and I told him I was like, "Yeah, man, I just at the end I started I started losing focus a little bit." So, uh, but yeah, I'm on a I'm on a little little journey, I guess, just trying to try different classes and stuff. Now that I'm out here, why not? I love that. So I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been trying to extend my damp January into into future months, and I have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home, but without the alcohol. Yeah. And also it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor. Totally. And they're, they're delicious. They're made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and again, 0% alcohol. So just a nice, nice little flavorful drink 
that is a little little play on our favorites here. They got a bunch of great flavors. My personal favorite is the recess watermelon mojito. I actually like to garnish it like it's a actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feel it all fancy, garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious. And my favorite is the recess ginger lime mule. I'm a ginger gal. And what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little little sweet treat. They're absolutely delicious. And you can get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Uh, anything new with you? Uh, it has been a wild week. I, uh, I talked about on the Patreon recently that I've just been having, I've just been getting pummeled at work. Um, just a lot has been going on. Um, and it's, it's, it's been a lot and I've been very busy and I feel like that it's also just been bleeding into the rest of my life because I work from home, which I 100% love. However, when I get crazy busy, like the last week and a half, two weeks, I don't leave my home for days. Yeah. That's a very and easy that's for that to happen. Gary. Mm-hmm. So like I got home from I went to the office last week and then I went on a date that I will talk about on Thursday night. Got home from that date, purposely stayed it on Friday because I like wanted to have a productive Saturday. I actually got my whole office together on Saturday. And so I'm now working with my like double monitor setup that I've lived here for eight months in this apartment and I have yet to set up and I set up my whole little walking pad and my standing desk and I've been working from it all week and it's been great. Did that all day Saturday. I was supposed to play in a volleyball tournament on Sunday, but it got rained out. So I, again, was just at home being productive, did my little recording studio. That's not ready yet, but I made progress. And then I just like, quote, went to work on Monday, but because work is at home, it's now Wednesday and I have not done something I've run a couple errands. Like I've left the building. I've not done anything since I got home from that date on Thursday. Mm. Like my wallet was still in that bag yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah, this uh, – everybody – I feel like most people love working from home and they prefer it. The job I had before my last job was full remote. Um, and I – it started to get to me. I, I, I got to be honest. I really just overall was feeling kind of depressed and just like unhappy and I couldn't figure out why I was living in like the best apartment I've ever lived in I was making like the most money I'd ever made at a day job and I just I I remember every day being like looking forward to and going on a walk for at least an hour once I logged off because I just felt like I, I don't know the word like almost confined to like four walls yeah I get that it, and it made no sense to me because I was in this beautiful, nice apartment and I had all this space too. And I just, I, I, I could not figure out for a while why I was essentially just unhappy. I just felt unhappy. And then when I switched to my other job, that was just the hybrid. I was so much happier of like, oh, wow, I, I need to just be around other people, even when we're quiet and doing work. And I don't, I don't know if that's extrovertedness or something else in me, but, but I, it, it can get to you. It can really get to you. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. And, and I'm more tired. I mean, I've been busy, but I, I am more tired despite the fact that I've done nothing. But I think it's because I've done nothing. That my body Or you don't is have like, the break. You don't have the break yeah. of the commute in yeah. different environments. Exactly. So so anyway, so that's just honestly my 
day job has been just co- sort of consuming a lot of my thoughts and a lot of my time. I I want to give a shout out to my mom in this moment too. I was on the phone with her right before we recorded and she one thing that I think I would miss about if I ever left the corporate space because I I do hope eventually that I am working for myself in some capacity. Um I will miss the office talk. And like yeah. the whole like the whole like soap opera, if you will, of characters that you mm-hmm. have at the office and like the different people that you like have little glimpses into their lives and you do the thing. And my mom, bless her heart, is so invested in these people that she's never met and has no reason to care about. Oh, oh that and you like work with. I tell her that I what? That you work with, you're saying. That I work with. Yeah. yeah. Like okay. she knows my coworkers' names. She know like to the point she's invested in their in their character arc. Like to the point where yesterday I was telling her a story about something that happened at work and I mentioned somebody that I don't work with that often and she goes, Wait, who's that? You've never mentioned him before. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like you're paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Moms are obsessed with us. She's dude. like, We need backstory. I know, but she's like, we need backstory. Who is that? What's the deal? But you know what though? The thing that I, and I've mentioned this about her before, the thing that I especially appreciate about it, she was not that person for me. My dad was this person for me. Oh, okay. My mom, we never, like we were very close and we talked all the time, but she wasn't Mm -hmm. the person that I would relay like inane daily goings on to. That was my dad. Like my dad was like all in for the inane, daily, boring shit of my life. And he was like fully in and invested. That's so sweet. And, and she like has very much like taken up the baton from him. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know that it was not natural for her at first because I think she's like, I don't give a shit about this. But now I really think she does. <laughs> now I think Aww. she actually does. So yeah. shout out to Mama Jay. Um, because I, I just got off the phone telling her another story or something that happened today. Um, and we all need those people, you know, that, that we can like tell, cause there are only so many people where I could tell a story to who have enough context to understand why something is like cool or funny or annoying or whatever. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, that was an aside about my mom. Um, but I did go on a date this week. Yes. How was it? The Hinge X date? The Hinge X date. Um, it was a solid meh. Okay. And here's why. So it was, it was one of those, like, I am technically having a good time on this date. Like in, I actually felt like I was having some out of body experiences where I was like thinking about on the date, thinking about how the date was feeling. Mm, okay. Which typically if I'm having a good time on a date, that's not happening. No. Yeah. Not at all. Like I'm not up in my head being like, am I enjoying this conversation? Like that's not a question that you're, you, that your subconscious asks itself. And is it like a mutual, I don't think I'm that into this, but I don't feel like they're that into it. That's kind of what it was. It was like, technically, this is a good conversation. Like, we are, we have things in common. We were able to find things that we could very easily talk about. We talked a lot about travel. Like, just there was a lot of things. He's lived in New York for a long time. So we had a lot of like, um, no, sorry. 
scratch no, he's that. the new guy right he's the new guy the just moved. yeah sorry i'm getting i'm getting him confused with a guy that i've been talking to on tinder um he's the new guy who just moved yes but similarly though with neighborhoods there was a lot to talk about there because he was talking about all the neighborhoods and places he's been exploring since he moved here right and i was like oh i love that place have you been to this bar like we had a really good conversation the whole time though i'm like it just it doesn't feel like it's quite clicking and quite flowing mm-hmm. and i'm like i can't i don't i think i'm having a good time i think i would go out with him again but like i'm not quite sure i'm not quite sure and then we got into the subject of pets he was talking about he had a dog when he lived previously where he lived before who had passed away and you know i was like oh i love dogs you know i i don't really want to handle a dog right now though i have two cats and he is allergic to cats mm, that's very tough yeah. And it was one of those things that it didn't seem like it was a life or death type of allergy. Like I've met people, I have friends who can't even come to my apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, I've met people who are very allergic. It didn't seem that way. But it also was like, we both weren't quite sure that it was the a second date type of situation. And yeah. then that happened. And we were like, uh. it's like a tipping point. Yeah, like I could you, I could tell that he really didn't have much interest in like exploring whether the allergy was going to be okay. Right. And I yeah, was kind of fine just, with that. Yeah, you're on the fence and then I don't want to say it's it's an ick per se, but it kind of is how icks act. Where you go, yeah. I'm a little on the fence and then something like that comes up and you go, all right, we'll just, we'll lean towards the no. I'm on the no right. side of the fence. Right. So so I got home from the date. I recorded my little like after date recaps that I do. And in that, I said, like, I don't think there's going to be a second date. I'm like, I could be mm-hmm. wrong about this, but like, I don't think there's going to be. And right. lo and behold, next morning, I got a very lovely no ghosting script from him. Couldn't have written better myself. Very, it didn't say anything about the cats. It was very generic. Um, <laughs> Put but, it on the website. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it basically, honestly, was he reading my website? Um, <laughs> Maybe. That would be hilarious if it was literally copy-paste. And I'm like, ah, that's familiar. Um, I actually, and then he puts in parentheses, thanks for the tip. I actually would laugh <laughs> so hard at that. I'd be like, this, I w- this is a great I way would, to go out. I would, I would love that. Um, <laughs> so he sent me a very similar type of, you know, very vague thanks but no thanks type of script. And I said, yeah, had a great time too. Totally on the same page. Like, thanks again for the beers. And a picture of the cats. Go quietly into that good night. (laughs) So that was unfortunate, but you know, the first day since the publicist, so you got back out there. How'd you feel just getting back out? I felt good about it. I, however, I didn't know when I scheduled the date that I was going to be in the office that day. Mm. How, how was I working? We were all working five full days in the office Uh and then like doing shit afterwards. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I had the energy. Ridiculous. Like, I I was out the door at a time that I'm normally still asleep that morning mm-hmm. in order to be at an 8 a.m. meeting in the office and then met him for beers. I think I met – I think I ended up getting there at, like, 7.45. So then I was oh. out. We had two beers. So I think I was out until – it was actually exactly nine because I tried to call my friend who lives right by that bar and she turns her phone on do not disturb at nine. And so she missed my phone calls. Um, and so it was like nine Oh five. 
And so I was home by like, I don't know, 945. And I was so tired. I'm like, I, this is, yeah. this day has ruined me. It's, it's draining. And also when I have dates like that, it makes me contemplate, should I even be going on a date after a busy day? Yeah. Like, am I, am I not being, you know, the best version of myself? Am I not bringing like a happy, positive energy, you know, to the date? It, it just, it sometimes can make it a lot harder or you don't realize it because you're just, or you're also just your brain's in work mode, which also you yeah, know, isn't fun. That was, that was a hard thing that I used to be good at. Apparently, I don't really remember. It seems like a different me, but apparently, apparently, I used to be able to do this. But that was a hard thing that I had a not only long day but also a kind of a hard day. Yeah, and then just shifting, especially to a person like I've never met before. Like this is not a moment where I should sit down at the table and like unload my work stress on this person. No, not at all. I mean, I tell I, my advice is to try to keep work talk minimal on a date. Agreed. Agreed. Because it's like. Yes, it's something to talk about. And even, you know, we've all had, they're asking questions about it. You know, what what do you do? All this stuff. But it's just like, yeah, at the end of the day, like, this isn't, this isn't a thing we can really connect on, you no. know? Like, yeah, I like if I'd been meeting you, that would have been the very, I would have been like, oh my God. And I would have like, yeah. you know, had like a big yeah, let me exhale. Vent real quick. Yeah. yeah. Let me like, before we move on to like our fun evening, like I got to get this off my chest, but like, that's not the place for that. Yeah. And Could you and imagine that's someone to... came into a date like that or was like, I've had a long day. I need 10 minutes of silence. <laughs> oh, my God. Part of me would I'm... respect it. I'd be like, you know what? Yeah. Okay. Right. I'll scroll my phone for 10 minutes. You, you tap me on the shoulder when you're ready to chat. <laughs> I mean, I basically ended up. So I, I don't know how I did this, but I fucked up twice getting there. I oh, first. The worst. I was on the train and I had told him that I, he like. We had decided to meet at 7.30 and I was on time from the time I left the office. I was going to be actually a little bit early and I was on the train. So I was like, good news, left on time, on the train, see you there, whatever. I got a work email. I was on the train and I responded and I was responding to this work email and I missed my stop and I went three stops past my stop. Oh, God. To the point where I didn't even recognize the name of the stop. Oh, that's bad. This is in, Brook- this is in Brooklyn. And I don't usually take – it was the Q or the N. I don't usually get on the end. And I all of a sudden look up and I'm like, oh, we're at a st- I've never seen this stop before in my life. Yeah. I don't even, I don't know where we are. I don't know where, I panicked. I'm like, I don't, I have no idea where I am. And then got off, got back on in the other direction, panicked, got off too early and ended up walking 25 minutes in like oh my 90 God. degree weather. <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe you did that. I would be dripping buckets. Uh, it was pretty bad i ended up only being like 20 minutes late at the end of the day um because i was supposed to be early but yeah so i had a little bit of time to decompress due to the uh, inexplicable errors on my end considering how long i've lived in brooklyn oh i'm sorry dude Eh. tough so anyway that was my week and my date what's happening on your end so last week i talked about you setting me up with the accountant so we were supposed to go out before the concert um so some bad news uh he had a family emergency a very legitimate family emergency i'm just obviously being respectful of you know whatever information uh so he had to go back home and he didn't go to work that day all this stuff and i did text him the morning that we were supposed to meet 
to just like, Hey, you know, I'm still on still good. And I had that panic day of you're like, Oh, I haven't heard a word from this person. I'm not sure why. And then, you know, unfortunately, but fortunately, I guess I received actually a very nice voice memo um, from him. That was clearly very sincere and very, I'm so sorry. Something happened. I can't go out. I'm not in the city, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And then it too, he was like, you know, I very much was looking forward to meeting you. I'm really sorry. You know, he knew I was leaving at the end of the week to come back to LA. So he said, you know, I'd love to like maybe FaceTime or something when things calm down. And so I did mention this on the Patreon already. I sent obviously a text back and it sent through his text message. And I got nervous that it didn't go through. Right. And then, then, then he would have sent you this like whole voice memo and you just like never replied. Exactly. If it didn't go through. Yeah. Right. So both of us have the same move of when that happens a little time later, you just copy and paste the message. Like, okay, if it didn't go through, it's going to look like my phone did it and not me. And I'm not yep. crazy. Right. Word for word. No edits. It has to be <laughs> no the exact edits. same. No edits. Whatever you wrote is set in stone for life. That's it. You made, you made a typo. Doesn't matter. Copy paste. Yeah. So I said that I obviously didn't expect a response. Family time, whatever. Yeah. Happening, yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay, next week, maybe I'll follow up, see how he's doing, etc. I actually received a text from him today. And oh. he was like, hey, how are you doing? How was your weekend? Like, how was T-Pain? So I'm like, okay, he's back on the map. So he is. we're chatting. Uh, I, I almost was like, how was your? And then I was like, Ugh. like, I hesitated nope, was, on the question of bad. like, yeah. So I just said, how are you doing? Kept it vague. Yeah, yeah. Got to do it. Um, and then he brought up, he was like, He's like, I, I'm doing good, you know, as good as I can be right now. And he said, you yeah. know, I unplugged for a bit. I, sh- I straight up turned off my phone. I haven't done that in years, et cetera, et cetera. And we're chatting. And somehow I had the opportunity to bring it up. And I go, I was worried like my text didn't go through to you because it said sent his text message. And he goes, yeah. Haha, what text? <gasps> and I was like, are you fucking Wait, with so me he right did, now? He literally Immediately I said, are it? you fucking with me right now? He did not get it. It did not <gasps> go through. Even though you sent it twice? I sent it twice. He didn't get it. I, I guess he had his phone off and didn't turn it back on in, I don't know what the time frame is that you still get the text from Apple, but just a heads Shouldn't up to everybody. You, you don't uh, get hello? it. It should send. It should send. I don't know. It, he didn't He didn't get it. I don't know. I don't know if it's my phone or his phone. And... That immediately I said, well, I'm really happy I brought this up. I said, because I sat here like, I hope you got that text. Otherwise, I look like a bitch that I didn't <laughs> reply something nice to like your family emergency and being like, hey, I understand you can't meet I, today. Like, I'm, I'm honestly a little surprised he followed up with you. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Right. Where you're like, wow, he really, really gave me better of the doubt on that. He like, did. <laughs> like, did he forget he sent me a voice memo because it disappears? Like, you know what I mean? Especially because yeah. I kept the voice memo because I couldn't respond right away. It played out loud in my car because I was driving into the city oh, when yeah. he sent it. So I was like, oh, let me keep this to replay it for when I answer. And I know it notifies people when you keep it. It does. So but imagine this, it just says, this keep, girl keep kept voice my voice memo and then never replied. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, shit. Uh and I, and I sent him, I sent him a screenshot. I was like, I did send you a message. I'm like, here it is. And I, and I admitted to him that I sent it twice. I go, I sent it I, twice. I, I love that. You're I, like, I so really, nervous. I really tried to reply to yeah. you. 
if anything, he was like, oh my God. He goes, first of all, thank you very much for the nice note. He goes, second, he goes, I, I'm now wondering what other messages did I just miss? Honestly, though, he, he probably did. I mean, I would assume that other people contact him. Right. Something. But anyway, I guess I guess it worked out. I guess I'm still still in the game. <laughs> still, We're still in it. We're still alive. <laughs> There's still a possibility. Uh, but uh, we just chatted today. The FaceTiming didn't come up, which, you know, I'm not pressed about, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was nice to hear from him again. I really enjoy talking to him. So, uh, so hopefully, great. yeah, hopefully I'll hop on a FaceTime soon, I guess. I, it's just, it's just hard. Cause it's obviously when you're like feeling the banter and the conversation, I, I, I do feel a little like oh, if I have this FaceTime and I really get excited of like, wow, I can't wait to meet this guy. I am sitting there looking at the calendar, like shit, like, yeah, there's so much time in between, but you know, I'm going to go with the flow on it. I'll let him bring it up. He offered. I said, and I, you know, in my message said like, oh, really appreciate the offer to FaceTime. Like definitely would be down. So yeah, I, I think the ball's we'll in see. his court on that, in that scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Also he's, he's got more going on than me right now in life. So appreciated the check-in appreciated that I didn't, yeah, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get cut out or whatever. I especially appreciate the check-in now that we know Ooh. he thought you ignored him. I know. And I was going to follow up like, sometime yeah. this week and and just you know check in and and partly due to the panic i had of maybe he never got that text apparently your panic was warranted yeah it's but it was like you know the one type of paragraph text where like no send that that's a nice send that and hope they get it you know yeah. i had other paragraphs in my life i wish i never sent uh but you know <laughs> um but yeah so i have had what is it 12 days now on hinge X officially almost two weeks and how are the mustaches doing? <laughs> the mustaches? Uh, I gotta be honest. You're boasting about Hinjex. I have really had no luck at all. Really? I only have... I only had four matches total. I had the guy I mentioned last week. We were chatting. Things were great. Voice memo? Gone. Don't know what happened. Right. And then I had three guys. I'm talking to all of them. The one person we exchanged like two messages all of a sudden gone. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Then I get an email today from hinge of, Oh, just so you know, so-and-so that you were talking to has been removed from hinge due to reportings of their account. And then the next paragraph is like, please be aware of financial scams and et cetera, et cetera. All these kind of warnings. I was like, like, are you indirectly telling me someone reported him for financial scamming? Financial scam. I actually encountered on Bumble a couple days ago, I think my first ever interaction with a bot. Oh, really? Yeah. It was a guy who like, he looks like a model in his photos, like Mm -hmm. full on. And he had sent me, he had sent me a like. So I was like, I have a feeling just based on the way that he's answered the prompts and his photos, I have a feeling that this is not a real person. But, like, right. I have never interacted with somebody that I thought was, like, confirmed bot. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is interesting. So I masked with him. And it was like he just kept taking the conversation in a completely different direction. I say he, but it's prob- it was probably, like, AI or something. But, like, I would ask him Not a very good AI. <laughs> not very good. I would ask him something. And then he would answer. But, and then he would be like, so were you originally born in America? Oh. What? 
Yeah. Okay. Like just very off the wall, random questions. And eventually I just stopped responding because I was like, yeah, I think this is a bot, but it was my first time encountering that. Yeah. All of a sudden he sends you a link. He's like, I'm, I'm in the running for this competition. Can you vote for me and send me the code that's to your phone? Yep. Yeah, I'd never send someone a code that comes to your phone. No, I've gotten, I've gotten messages from friends of mine where I go, oh, they got hacked. They got they hacked got on hacked. Instagram. Mm-hmm. trying to trying to help out another friend that got hacked because it's that's where it's creepy you're like i do know this person you know especially i'm in comedy yeah. i'm like well they could very well be in some type of competition and then the minute they're like send me the code i'm like uh nope no. and facebook marketplace has that a ton too oh thing. yeah i've i i haven't actually gotten scammed because i never sent anybody any money but there's like a zell scam where mm-hmm. they'll like send you what looks like a confirmation that they sent you money so it's when you're selling something it mm-hmm. looks like a confirmation that they sent you money, but they're like, oh, no, you have to send me money in order for it to let me send you this money. Yeah. Which seems ridiculous, but apparently people are doing it. No, the worst is um, there's scams that it will be deposited in your account. Yeah. And they'll send you the wrong amount. So they'll say, oh, send back, you know, the 300. That was an accident. And, and I've had yeah. friends wait till it clears and it clears and the money's in there. They send it back. And then all of a sudden, all the money they received is gone. Do you, do you remember when I had that like moment of insane delirium, our final dinner in Athens, where I was like crying, laughing, and I was so tired and couldn't get my shit together. And I paid like two wrong people on Venmo for dinner. Oh like, my gosh, our friend, yes. Our friend Katie had paid for dinner. Yeah. And like I, I Venmoed two people that have her same first and last name. Mm-hmm. twice i venmoed the wrong people i had that and i w- i just was beside myself i was so tired and delirious i had that thought though because i requested the money back from them i was like i hope they don't think i'm a scammer yeah like i'm just an idiot <laughs> you sent a picture you're like this is the real katie <laughs> this is katie she yeah. needs money and she needs the money for dinner and i sent right. it to you and then also the other person i did it twice i'm so sorry yeah i know anyway but um yeah i don't i don't want to hate on the hinge x but uh i gotta be honest it's it's like it's just not making me feel good i'll put it that way and you're engaging with it right like you're sending people likes and comments i'm engaging and it's especially (laughs) frustrating of like you know i'm in la there's so many people that work somewhat you know, industry adjacent writers, producers, yeah. you know, sound effects, whatever. And right now with all the striking going on, a lot of people are not actively working. So I'm like, I'm paying for Hinjax, which means my like is going to the top. You currently don't have a full-time job. So you got nothing but time on your hands. And it, I gotta be honest, it's a little like depressing to sit there and say, okay, I'm paying money to be like, I am for sure going to get seen. And I've sent out probably, what, 200 likes in 12 days? Because I'll be on it for at least an hour a day, swiping, trying to message my three fucking people. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it just makes me sit there and be like, oh, what, like, what's wrong with me? Or, like, what's wrong with my profile? Or, yeah, you know, I'm I'm in a new pool and I thought it would be the opposite effect. I thought I would have, like, kind of infinite options. Like, I'm new here. I'm fresh here. But, like, the incoming likes has really not increased compared to when I don't have injects and vice versa with the matching. I actually have less matches overall. So I'm like, damn, I don't I don't know what's happening. I don't That's know what's really happening. frustrating. I mean, maybe maybe there maybe L.A. is at play here, too, just in terms of, like, 
Yeah, it could be several factors, you know? right? I know, because I, I talked to one really, guy really friend. frustrating. Yeah, because my one guy friend was like, well, he said a lot of men, when they're out of work or don't have income coming in, if you work freelance, let's say it that way. Uh, yeah. He said for a lot of men, that's actually when they shut down dating. True. So I'm like, that's possible. But I'm more on the side of like, you're definitely seeing it. Yeah. Like I'm paying extra to be seen. So it's like, I'm being seen. My like is being seen. I'm throwing comments with my likes. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, I think I'll, I guess, try something else, but uh, I don't know. It's a, uh, I stick by what I said. I think it's a scam. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. Uh, my, my data says the scam and not worth the money uh, as opposed to like regular upgraded hinge. Uh, because I also, I don't have like a lot of strict filters either for mine. You know, I'm not doing like six, two and up or whatever. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I think I put mine five, 10 and up. Cause that's like about my height. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but not, not trying to be a that's, downer by the way, but it's just, no, that's just, it's frustrating. It's literally what I'm experiencing. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I feel extra frustrated of like, I am actually available to go out. Right. Like I am not as busy at night here. So I easily can go on a yeah, date almost any night currently. Um, but yeah. Does it make you like want to try Bumble or Tinder? Or I, I remember you told me that you were like toying with being on Tinder. Yeah, I tried Bumble last time I was out here. Um, and I at least was getting more matches. But I had then the experience that I've had before of just I message all my matches and yeah, don't really get that many replies. Um, and uh, I'm not anti-Tinder either. I think that'll be my next move. Just head on over there, see what's up, see what's different. Um yeah, I did notice though. Did your hinge do this in your messages? Uh, it very distinctively now has your turn and their turn. Oh, that categories. happened a while ago. Okay, I just haven't been on yeah. in a minute. But I was yeah. like, I remember I talked about that in the chat where I was like, do people follow that? Because I don't. And yeah, now, now it's, it's in making two it categories. Yeah, so now it's almost being like your fault. You don't have a date. Not your fault. You don't have a date. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So I don't know, buddy. Well, I am excited for our guest this week. This is somebody that you go way back with. Yes. I originally met Pamela years ago because she was also doing comedy. And now she speaks all over the world uh, for several different topics and has a master's in advocacy. Yeah, I we recorded with her right before this. I loved our conversation. She was featured on Jewish Matchmaking on Netflix. So those of you who have binged that show will maybe recognize her from there. Um, and then, you know, we also talked to her a lot about her Tourette's and how she's navigated that. And that's something that she speaks about a lot as well in terms of inclusivity and um, and all of that. It was really just eye-opening conversation. Yeah, she's great. And she also has a TED Talk out now. Um, that's kind of a shortened version of a lot of her speaking engagements that she's done. And that's really great. So definitely go check her out. And we have all the links in the description, too. Yeah, so without further ado, let's get to Pamela. Let's get to Pamela Ray Schuler, everybody. Listen up, guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Loft for another live podcast Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are... I think over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets if you want to come experience some magic live. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have so much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week. 
it is my birthday that week. So, and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrhyde.com slash live to find an easy link also in our bios to get those tickets. And we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area. Yeah. So make sure you come DC Comedy Loft Thursday, March 21st. And if you want to check out some stand-up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand-up shows. Start swiping on Hinge. Bring a date. Have a good time. And you'll, you can come and meet Allie's mom, which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip. And a little update on that. A few of you reached out to us about, hey, I want to come either, unfortunately, I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt. I want to come with my sister. I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind. Half the trip being moms and daughter combos. Everybody's excited to come. Doesn't matter. You are welcome to join. Travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at findingmrheight.com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited to be there with our moms and with you. Yep. Next October, October 4th through 10th. Check it out. Come travel with us too. Back with Pamela. Hi, Pamela. Welcome to Finding Mr. Height, the podcast. Yay. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so You're excited so to have you on. Yeah. Uh, I've known you for a few years, and in the past handful of years, you started speaking literally around the world about disability, <laughs> inclusion, mental health awareness. Uh, and it's been really awesome to see you just take off. Thank you. It always feels like the rug can be pulled out for me at any given moment, but I think we all kind of feel like that in this industry, right? Oh yeah, I think everyone feels like that in life at all times. Like they thought at some point that they would have it all figured out. And I think we're all realizing nobody does. That's a tough pill, but it's true. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> so in recent news, uh, you were featured on the Jewish matchmaking show on Netflix, which yes. was very, very exciting to see. I binged that whole series. It was so good. <laughs> I did. I, it was like a night in me and my friend. We were like, another one, another one. Like, go. <laughs> <laughs> when going. Netflix is like, are you still watching? You're like, duh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How highly, dare you? Highly invested. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, so... that's incredible. How did that come about? The uh, So I, I'm four foot six. I have Tourette's syndrome. I never thought I was going to be on a reality TV dating show. That wasn't like... <laughs> That wasn't like something I thought on my butt. I certainly wasn't applying for The Bachelor. You know what I mean? And <laughs> the matchmaker saw my show in LA seven years ago and asked me if she could match me. And I said no, because I just like wasn't ready, wasn't into that, was like working really hard, was still on a journey to like love having Tourette syndrome. Uh, and so I, I was like, no, but we can keep in touch. And we became kind of social media friends. Uh, following each other, connecting. And then when this show came up and she was cast as the matchmaker, she said, are you dating now? And I said, yes, why? (laughs) Suspicious. I was like, and she's like, are you single currently? And I said, yes, why? And then she called me and she told me what she was doing. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So yeah. Wow. So it was a legit (laughs) matchmaker setup. She, you already kind of were in her database, at least mentally, right? Yeah, she was met in her you. mentally. <laughs> so it just so happened she was doing the show and she said, hey, I do have a match for you now. And it's part of the no, show. She didn't have a match for me. She asked if I'd be willing to date on camera. Because uh, was, okay. I was cast early in the game and then they kind of found other people and kind of plugged in from there. 
Because it's kind of like if you weren't willing to do that, then she wouldn't go through the whole rigmarole of finding you a match. Right. Because then she was yeah. – yeah. And also, she, you know, she could only pull from Netflix from her pool that had already gone through casting. So then she was like, let me put you in touch with the producers. And they had me go through that process, kind of. Got it. Okay. Interesting. So yeah. I- I'm, cur- I'm curious. What were you most nervous about dating on camera and going and- on the show? I wish I could say that there was like one or two things, but I'm neurotic. Um, I had never, I've been performing for years. I'd never been on TV. So everything you could be nervous about and additional things. So like there was the normal things like, will people be like, ew, when they see me on camera? Will I come off fun and bubbly and kind? And then there was like the additional pieces of like, will I bark on camera on Netflix? Like <laughs> I have Tourette's. There was, there was like an additional layer um everything but I also was excited it felt fun and uh I don't know I I like I love this idea of like we don't see a lot of people with disabilities dating and to be reminded that like not all of us just date other people with the same disability we've got shows like love on the spectrum but I you know uh, intellectually do not have a disability I have a neurological movement disorder and so that show wouldn't be right for me and so what does it look like to be kind of a typical dater who's just a little bit of a schweirdo which is what I am (laughs) I guess well maybe one thing we should ask you before we even dove into this was uh, I got too excited yeah right so you you have Tourette's is it Tourette's syndrome by the way or do I just say Tourette's everyone says so if you google it it's 50 50 I say Tourette syndrome because double s's are like Tourette's syndrome feels like no um so that way I say Tourette syndrome and Tourette's if we're just shortening it okay so for me personally you are the first person I've ever met in real life that did have Tourette's oh my gosh. are you saying I'm your so, first you are. You're my first. At least I guess that I knew of. Let's say that. <laughs> that I knew that's what it was. Um, but, uh, but I'm curious because I feel like a lot of people are similar to me. Of I've seen it, you know, in movies and TV shows. And a lot of times it's looked at like in a joke way of they're just swearing randomly mm-hmm. and can't control their swearing. Right. So I guess of, of what's depicted in TV and movies and all that stuff compared to what what is Tourette's in real life? Can you... I don't know, differentiate that for everybody? It actually is. It's a neurological disorder characterized by involuntary movements and noises. And some people have additional diagnoses where they yell words or phrases or repeat things. Those are additional like diagnoses that are added on. Um, Most people with Tourette's, I think out of every five, one of us yells words or phrases. And that's what South Park latched onto. That's what like so many of these shows latched onto. The, The part that like, is yelling bad words. Um, so when I perform about Tourette's, I'm always careful that I don't just make it about yelling words. Because also when I was an adolescent, I was the lucky one out of the five who did yell words and phrases. Um, and I was kicked out of everything you can get kicked out of. Um, but for me at this point, Tourette's is really little noises, like hissing and sometimes barking um, when I'm nervous or excited or it's the mailman. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I can't help myself. Uh, barking, um, but a lot of physical at this point, it's really like physically exhausting. That's kind of how Tourette's manifests itself now. Yeah. Got it. Okay. I mean, it, it makes sense that those shows would have latched on to the more like demonstrative you know, things for the entertainment of it. But as a result, that is a lot of people, myself included, until more recently, that that is their framework of what it is. Yeah. 
and and it's so interesting like even on tiktok we we that's what we see as opposed to like a real representation of like for me it's chronic pain it's i'll take my hand so hard my pinky will come out of the socket which just happened a few weeks ago and my Tourette's does this where uh some days it's super noticeable some days you cannot tell i have it and kind of every day in between and everyone with Tourette's is so incredibly different which i don't know makes it fun like Tourette's camp as a kid was a blast there was Tourette's camp oh it was, it's it's magical it's magical it's amazing um, it is because we all something fun about Tourette's is we if I'm with people with Tourette's we pick up off each other's tics that's what they're called T I C S the like involuntary movements and noises so at Tourette's camp it was like constantly an accidental bout of choreography <laughs> like one person would move their arm and then the next would do it and like we'd all be like yeah like it was <laughs> it was beautiful I love that that must have also felt very validating to be around so many other people that are experiencing at least similar things to what you have. Oh, it was amazing. I fell in love there. I had my first fake boyfriend. Um, oh. because you're like suddenly you're like, I bark. So does everyone like <laughs> we're all making animal noises. <laughs> it was very fun. And I think they still have camps like that. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I hope they do. That's incredible. It's great. Uh, I'm curious when you went on the show, did you at all try to like, I don't know, somehow solidify or get in the contract like, hey, are you going to explain to the fans watching that no. like I do have Tourette's? Like make sure it's mentioned or No, I I we no, I but it with the producers and like all of the team, it was something we talked about. So I assumed it would be and I was open about it on that first date. Um the one I was on the date, uh, where I like I made an offhanded comment of like um, I have Tourette's, uh, you might've noticed, so I'm a little twitchy. I don't always say what I have on a first date. I don't think we have to unload our baggage on date one and be like, here's all of the things I have. Uh, mm-hmm. but because it was, I knew I was, when I'm sitting down on camera in a conversation, you can see I have Tourette's. And I found that in a lot of my life, I don't want people spending time trying to figure out what I have. I just want them to get to know me. And so in that situation, it felt like, I've given myself agency to disclose when and where and how I want. And I wanted to do it on there in front of the, in front of the cameras. I think that's really powerful to people who are wondering how and when to disclose a lot of different things to give yourself the agency to decide when. And I think we've like, everyone has something. That's what I've realized. We all have something that like feels overwhelming or messy, or we're not sure about how to talk about, um, and I, I love this idea that like, you don't have to disclose anything right away if everyone's like safe, right? Like we can disclose when you feel comfortable and when it feels like the right moment. And I, once I gave myself that back and not just in dating and life, it got less scary. Uh, I'm curious, have you ever experimented with online dating and clarifying any disabilities or anything on your profile? So like before you even talk to anybody? I... Yeah, I'm in online dating. I find it to be a disaster. Um, (laughs) Are you all like, are you on online dating? Oh, yeah, we're out there. Okay, we're out there. That would be really awful if you were like, we're actually happily married and we just invited you out like a zoo animal. (laughs) We're like, tell us about this land of dating. Yeah. I, uh, I think in one of my profiles, it says like, I get twitchy when I'm nervous. Um, but I don't feel the need to like, here are, I don't like, I also don't say on a first date always I'm Jewish or 
I I don't think I have that I'm four foot six and a half. Um, mm-hmm. That's partly because I love their faces when I walk in. <laughs> that's like a fun one for me. Uh, or they like, if like I had a date recently and a guy was sitting at the bar and I walked in and he had to get down and then there was like a moment of, oh my God. <laughs> and I don't know, as a comedian, yeah. that's like a moment that felt really nice. So I, I sometimes will say it, sometimes won't. Um, but typically in a profile, I don't, I don't feel the need to like Tourette syndrome is a neurological disorder character. You know what I mean? I just, yeah. And everyone's a little at some point in their life twitchy, especially on awkward first dates. Totally. Cause I also think if you, I mean, if somebody wanted to put it on there, fine, but I feel like people could then go to that really stereotypical place in their mind where like they've already decided what that means. So true. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know that we have to like, like, I also don't list on my profile that I have a dead parent. That's a big part of my life. Like, I think we, like, give a little bit of information enough to, like, maybe let's try meeting, and then we go from there. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. talked last week. This is, like, a much different situation for obvious reasons. It'll become clear. But we talked about last week about how I have two cats, and I don't mention them on my profile. And no, just want to be so clear that I'm not comparing my cat ownership to no, I like I like this a lot. This does make total sense to me. You're not wrong. <laughs> but 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 we talked about how it's like something that could be a deal breaker if somebody has this like idea in their mind of what that means before they've actually met you. Right. Like if you just have like has cats. No one knows if that's cat plural or cat seventy, you know? Like <laughs> Uh-huh. I actually, on a first date recently, somebody said, so how many cats do you have? And I said seven in like a deadpan. He fully believed me. I couldn't control. I burst out laughing. I couldn't hold it together for longer than a second. I like. I, I really wish I'd. Those two though, right? Because like up to three, we could like, but like at seven, he clearly <laughs> had to hit a reset button in his mind to not react. He's like, how do I leave? How do yeah. I leave so quickly? Exit. <laughs> yeah. You want your profile to be like the highlight reel, you know? Yes. A true highlight reel, but a highlight reel, right? Of, a like, highlight, highlight reel. of yeah. yeses. Not like I'm going to hand you. Every reason to say no that I possibly could. And then does if you still say yes. You're- does yours say that you're a comedian? Because I don't think mine does. I don't think I put that either. So that's something I have played with. Of Do I say comedian? Do I not? Uh, I currently have a picture. I'm at the James Corden set with like a sign that says James Corden. But I don't have a microphone. It's not clear what I'm doing there. Just like You might have been a, a guest or a, not a guest, an audience member. Right. And it's something you can ask me. What what were you at James Gordon for? What was this for? Right. A little bit of a conversational thing. Um, so it's like, yeah, I don't see it as I'm lying. I'm being deceitful because the minute I match on an app and we're chatting, it comes up very quickly. Like that's something I can't hide in my life. And I'm not trying to hide, you know. I don't try to hide it, but I don't lead with it because I think men are. I just don't. I don't know. But I've also played with it. I don't know what the right move is there. No, I've played with it. And I, I get more likes if I don't have any pictures of me like doing stand up or saying I'm a comedian flat out. I think with somebody so it's with interesting. Me, it like balances out like the Tourette's and the four foot six. They're like, but she's a comedian. Like it almost <laughs> would help me in a way that like I don't want the assist. Got it. Okay. Uh, but I might well, be I feel like I'm, 
But in person, I mean, that's part of the reason I wanted to have you on this show too. You're very comfortable talking about it. You're very comfortable joking about it. And it's, and it's a great trait to have of it makes, you know, it made me be like, Hey, I don't feel like an idiot asking Pam these questions no, I'm on open, this podcast. I'm an open book. And on a date too, if I like, like him, if I'm comfortable, I will probably happily be like, yeah, I have like a, I have Tourette's uh, and like, let it be not the conversation, but a part of it. I'm not afraid to disclose. Um, I just, I want to make sure that they're getting to know me. And like, again, right. I don't want to go to the stereotypical, like, when is she going to start yelling bad words? Um, I, I just do that for fun at this point. So. You're like, I could do that all on my own. Yeah. Thank you. I don't need a diagnosis <laughs> for that. I literally did that at my computer screen today. So <laughs> have you had um, that reaction though? Have you had when you're having that conversation on a date though, a reaction of somebody who like immediately jumps to that kind of stereotypical or has oh, like I, a reaction that you're not into? And, and, and not only on dates, doctors, like I've gone to doctors that are not neurologists who really don't know anything besides their specialty. And I've well, said, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've tried syndrome and they'll be like, oh, so when are the cuss words going to start? Um, I've had every doctor, reason. come on. Yeah. I recently told someone I had Tourette's and they said, oh, so you have autism too. And I was like, eh? those oh, well. are, those are very much separate. And there are people with autism who also have Tourette's, but they don't necessarily go together. So Damn. there's always like misconceptions and which I think is why, like, I want to get to know, like, I want to be in together and then I'm happy to disclose and share if it feels right. So I'm curious when you, you know, did the matchmaker set up, you know, the matchmaker knows you have Tourette's. Mm-hmm. Do you tell them, Hey, don't disclose that. Like I'll, I'll cross that bridge when I'm comfortable. I actually think that they told me they weren't going to tell him. And I was happy with that. Because I don't want him to like, they, I think they told him I was a comedian. I was funny. I think she said I was like adorable and bubbly. Um, She told me what she told him. And I was like, that's great. Let's go from there. And how blind was it like on your side and their side? Do you see a picture? Is it just like a little brief description like that? With the two of us, in some of the situations, people had seen photos or like got to sleuth a little bit. With the Mm -hmm. two of us, no, we both knew nothing uh, I, oh, wow. I knew his first name. I knew what he did for a living. Um, I knew that he was older than me because they wanted to make sure that was okay with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like limited information. Yeah, that is fun. I, I, I'm trying to think if I've ever been on a truly blind date. I also, so I had a matchmaker, not on TV, but I had a matchmaker for a while <laughs> and, it but it wasn't blind. Okay. Sorry. Was it, was, it, was it helpful to have a matchmaker? Did they find you anyone? I re- I mean, I went on some great dates. Okay. I I really enjoyed it. Erica might go on a date with with somebody as a result <laughs> of my matchmaking adventure. One of the ones <laughs> that was not for me, you're sharing? Yeah. Was- yeah. I love yeah. that. Friend setups, sharing is caring. Um, <laughs> you find me someone next? Give me someone from that <laughs> roster. <laughs> Hey, I wouldn't mind. I've I've done that before on a dating app. Like I meet a guy, I go, we don't vibe, but I think you'd really like my friend. You know, put the good I did that once. A guy noticed my height once on a dating app and said like, oh, I'm, it said something along the line. He didn't say like, I'm not comfortable dating taller than me, but like, it was clear that that wasn't going to be his jam, but he seemed like really cool. And I actually did set him up with a friend of mine and they did go out. They did not hit it off, but (laughs) this was a long time ago now. Worth a shot. Worth a shot. Um, 
Well, I guess well, I guess this is, this is going to be a question for both of you. How do you feel online dating versus matchmaking? Do you prefer one of the one over the other? And and I'm curious, Pam, if you ever did any other uh, matchmaker dates. That was the only one. Um, my theory is I am. There's a lot of things I've got strengths in. Clearly, dating is not one of them. I was a late bloomer in the dating game. I like to say that my journey to love Tourette's was different than the time. Like that timeline was different than the timeline to learn to love Tourette's and dating. That took mm. longer to be comfortable, oh, confident in a dating sense in that world. And so I feel like a little bit late to the game. And so I don't know. When I wanted to get healthy, I hired a trainer. Like, why would I not hire someone? or have someone in my team that knows more than I do. And I meet the same comedians. Like I'm meeting the same people <laughs> to have someone mm-hmm. who knows a different network is helpful. I would absolutely do it again. Yeah. The different network was huge for me that there are a couple people that I've seen on dating apps since being set up with them, but I actually had never seen them prior, but it, it was that network that was like, okay, this is just a different pool of people. Also, there was a piece of me that was thinking, even though it was free for the guys, there was a piece of me that was thinking like, well, if they're spending the time to have these phone calls with this matchmaker to then go on this date with me, hopefully they're more invested in dating than like random Joe Schmo on Tinder. Also, there's a level of like someone, I, this is what I shared with uh, Aliza. I like that someone else is vetting someone because I yeah. don't know, I sometimes, I'm, I'm, I'm into disasters. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> and I like, it's nice to think that like someone else has vetted them a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I like the Although idea I've the recently, honesty. oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I, I like the idea of the honesty. Like if a matchmaker is interviewing me. And, you know, they haven't told me my setup yet. They're just like, hey, join the pool. Let me get a call with you. I could be blunt of like, hey, I don't have cats. Hey, you know, I'm this religion. Hey, this is exactly what I want. And I don't feel that pressure that I think a lot of women feel of like trying to fit into the box better for the one specific person. Yeah. Yeah, that's even true. Like from what I understand of when my matchmaker would interview people for me. They actually had no information about me in the initial. Eventually, she shows them my picture, tells them about me, and they say yes. But they don't know anything to start. So like exactly like you said, Erica, like they don't know my preference on religion or whatever it is. Like they're just answering, hopefully, honestly. And if that means they're a match, great. Would you work with would you would you work with a matchmaker again? I totally would. It's expensive, is the thing. So it's really expensive. I, for me, I really liked it. And also it was just helpful because we talk about dating a lot. And so to have some experience with something else, like people ask about matchmaking a lot, that was cool. It's a lot of money. So it isn't something I put in my budget for this year, but not something I'll rule out because I did think it was a good experience. There is also an interesting in between now that you can hire matchmaking services to do online dating for you. So if you're having online dating fatigue, it's like they'll have a person that will swipe for you. They know what your preferences are and they essentially like book your dates. It's almost like interviews. You want to do PR for your new book. You hire a PR agent and they they get you the interviews, which might be an interesting in between that both of us have not tried. But I I have heavily debated because I get very tired on dating apps very easily. I just don't do it anymore. I, Aliza, the matchmaker, is continuing to keep her eye out for me, which 
I just am going to have faith that she's going to find someone great. There you go. I loved her energy on the show. Like the first episode or two with her, I was like, oh, I 100% see why somebody saw her and was like, let's let's get a show with you. So likable. Like I so bought interesting. In. Yeah, I'm curious, uh, like what kind of questions did your matchmaker ask you prior to, I guess, setting up with anybody? She saw my hour-long show, which was actually very helpful. <laughs> she knew my story. She knew my sense of humor. Um, and it was a corporate, I think it was a corporate-ish keynote out in LA. Um, and I remember even during Q&A, I think there were some questions about my dating life. So she mm. like kind of came in knowing me. Uh, yeah. And then she asked a lot about like values. So if you watch the show, she's a little bit more observant religiously, a lot bit more. I am yeah. like, I'm Jewish. Um, right. And so she, I was afraid she wouldn't get that. I was afraid that she would put me with someone who like is going to make me go to temple every Friday. I'm not going. It's not happening. I have a mm-hmm. show. Um, <laughs> something else. Like, <laughs> You're like, I've got things to do. <laughs> so, but she got it. She, so it was a lot of like values. Um, things like that goals you know questions some of them were kind of big picture and and some got more specific but for the most part it was value based and did you feel like when you were on that date and and talking and you know learning more about him did you feel like that translated that like the questions that she'd asked you and then the person that she had picked kind of made sense he was spoiler alert so if you haven't watched the whole series yet maybe pause for a minute and go finish uh, but he was not my match. He was friend vibes. Um, and in a lot of ways, I was like, oh, she got it. She got that I was looking for someone a little bit off center. I like weird. I uh, am often into older men. Like maybe not, he was a little bit too old, I think, but she got that right. She got kind of the level of observance right. She got like, I hate uh like t- like the initial conversation of like the weather and like all of- I love banter mm. witty banter committing to the bit that's sexy for me and she got a lot of that that's why I asked because I I knew that it you know didn't ultimately become a match but it seemed like it was one of those like good on paper yeah. type of situations it's fun yeah <laughs> but yeah I think she Yes. And I also think she knew he probably wasn't the one. Um, But I think a lot of it was a journey of like learning about myself and how I date. And I think it was like overall absolutely worth it. And she got me. She gets me. She's lovely. That's actually something that I've learned a lot from my matchmaker is that it's not only, you know, no, I didn't meet my person, but I learned a ton about even my own values. Like I thought I knew a lot about my own values. I learned so much by having to tell somebody else. Yeah. And think intentionally, right? About like, what are we, like, what are our non-negotiables? What are we actually looking for? That was helpful for me to like, yeah, exactly. even during like the, the production team was like, we want you to make a list of like, what are your five non-negotiables? What are like, they had me do some homework and I had to like call my best friends and be like, can we talk about what I'm looking for? Because <laughs> what do I want? Yeah. I was like, it just says commitment to the bit. And I feel like there's more than that. Like <laughs> my sister had to be like, you're not looking for a best friend. You've got that. Like, let's think a little deeper. And I had to like, I talked about it in therapy. I like, I like had to do some work to come up with my answers. 
say someone listening to this has a disability or some type of mental mental illness and they're worried about how to like disclose that to people when they're dating, uh, what advice would you have for those people? I think my biggest advice is you don't have to make a blanket decision. You don't have to set a rule and make that be the rule. You, we talked about this before, you get the agency in how you tell, who you tell, when you tell. Um, I guess my one suggestion is when you're ready, have some like key phrases and lines that you're ready to pull out that make you feel more comfortable and confident. And so like, what is, you know, I've got lines about Tourette's. I've got uh, like jokes that I've told before or, you know, comments about my height, things like that. And they're in my back pocket. And I think that's my advice that like you get to decide and that's not just for disabilities. That's for anything. You get to decide. And instead of making a blanket decision, maybe sit down and think through and be intentional. Like, what are areas where I feel most comfortable? Is it going to make you feel most comfortable to disclose in the first 10 minutes? Great. Then be ready to do it. Um, if it's going to make you uncomfortable, then maybe it's not on date one. If it's after date one, you want to shoot over a text that says, had so much fun tonight. You might have noticed I'm a little twitchy. Like, whatever works for you. And if someone is pushing you to like disclose or then they're not your match. So I think that's the best advice. I love the idea of not needing to make it a blanket decision and trusting yourself to make those choices is so huge. Yeah. And it could be in the moment. It could be, you know, I don't, I don't decide before a date when I'm going to share it. I'm in the moment. I'm going to, and if it's awful, if that date is painful, I don't need to disclose it. I'm going to get out of there. So <laughs> honestly, that's how I kind of feel about this podcast and like our platforms in general. I almost always disclose on a first date and like talk about it. It's a big part of my life. So like it, that makes sense too. But if a date is like truly awful from the jump, I'm like this, this is irrelevant information for this person that I'm never going to see again. So yeah. we do not need to go there. <laughs> Although, yeah. fun fact, um, if you ever think to yourself, I would love to run into exes, to that girl that was mean to me in middle school, just leave your apartment in New York without ma- like makeup or hair or bra. <laughs> you actually will run into all of those people that you thought you'd never see again. And I realized that fucking <laughs> way recently. Yeah, always, right? <laughs> you you can't, that's that's always when it happens. Yeah, you're not going to see anyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's interesting talking about this too of, you know, I know you know that I have herpes and that is the number one question I get is when do I tell people? How do I tell people? And it was like when I first got it and I was first diagnosed, it was, it was that in the front of my head mm-hmm. and in, on the forefront of my brain on every date. And it, it just took me time to get to the place. Like you said, of I go on the date and go, let's just see if I like this person. Like, and I'm not at all worried about, you know, the quote other side of me, as you say in your Ted talk. Right. Um, and, I, and I've had it where I ended up disclosing on a first date and I've had the same exact thought you said of just like, oh, I don't want a second date. And all that worrying I had about this thing doesn't matter anymore. Doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. And I know and- people that do disclose it before they even meet people because that's what makes them feel comfortable. So right. I agree. It's-, it's hard to give a blanket, you know? Yeah. And also when you're so stressed about when you're going to work it into conversation, you are not in the moment and it ends up coming mm. off kind of awkward as opposed to like natural. I don't know when I even like in meetings with like a CEO, if I'm going to do a corporate gig, I, I, if I'm trying to work it into conversation in a certain way, I'm not myself. It's not a great conversation. I'm not in the moment. I'm not hearing what he's saying. 
if I just decide when it feels right, I'll do it. And I have faith that like that's something I'm able to do at this point because I've worked to get there. Then it's natural. It's organic. It flows in the conversation. It's way more fun. But also, don't listen to anything I have to say <laughs> with dating because I, I haven't found it. <laughs> no, I think you're right when it comes to this. I think I think, I think so too. I also think Be- that like that success in dating can also feel like feeling really comfortable in it and feeling comfortable in your skin and being comfortable in those moments on dates. Like it sounds like you are. That's success to me. My goal in dates is to bring out the best in myself and the date. I love that. Mm -hmm. Like we get to meet each other. And if I go in and that's my intention, like I'm going to have the best, I'm going to bring out the best of me. I'm going to do what I can to bring out the best of him. Then even if it's a bad date, I feel like I learned something and we're good. Yeah. And sometimes in life uh, you, you know, tell the story in your Ted talk about like being shopping and Mm. first someone, first of all, assuming because of your size that you were not an adult and they're on your own. Right. And then the second part was your Tourette's was, uh, I don't know if this is correct to say flaring up or more active that day. Any of those. Great. So more noticeable that day. And then the saleswoman says another thing to you about like, Oh, you need to have money to purchase this stuff. Right. Yeah, and, I think she thought intellectually I wasn't fully there is what I, right. I think her assessment of the situation was, yeah. Yeah, and that's a perfect example of moments we have where you go, I could explain it to this person, but I don't fucking want to. Yep. Like, I'm not in the mood today, and I don't think they deserve it. Well, and the way she treated me, I wasn't in a place to explain it because it hurt. I The, the full story is, and and I'll, we can link to the talk where I really share the whole part, mm-hmm. but... Uh, my Tourette's was very noticeable. I went to go do some self-care, to go, a little retail therapy, and I could see the eyes on me as I walked in, and my Tourette's was, like, very noticeable. My body was flailing. It was very noticeable, and I watched her watch me when it came time to pay, and at first, she looked at the person behind me and said, is she with you? And I said, no, I'm with me, and then she watched my Tourette's a little bit more, and you could tell she just didn't understand. She didn't know what was happening, and I think yeah. a lot of times, we have such kind of a lot of people have such limited ideas of disability and, and she probably didn't have the language, but she probably went to developmental disability. And so she kind of looked at me and cocked her head and said, sweetheart, you know, the things here cost money. Right. And because I was already not in a good place, I'd been struggling. I put the necklace down and I walked out sobbing. I, I wasn't in a place to educate. I needed to take care of my own mental health. Um, and so I ended up walking out and, I don't, she didn't have bad intentions. She wasn't bullying me. She just, mm-hmm. I was, it was in the moment there was a misunderstanding. She misunderstood and I took it to it. Yeah, it hurt. Um, and I talk in my head talk about how this journey to learn to love Tourette's and, and learn to love how I exist in this world differently means that I let those moments hurt. And then I remind myself of what, like what I bring to the world, that I am funny and creative and resilient and both of those things can be true. And I can like love Tourette's because it helps the other pieces. And I, I, I shared in my talk that like I intentionally moved back into like the intersectionality of like, I don't deal with Tourette's because this side is the good side. I like, they all overlap and connect. And I remind myself that even in those hard moments, there's like intersectionality of all of it. That, that's truly beautiful. Like to, to be able to have that holistic view of yourself too that you aren't just one thing and also the things that you can be hardest on yourself for are also tied into what you love about yourself often. Yeah. We like two things can be true. Something can be hard and messy and overwhelming and it can add cool things to your life if you allow it. 
yeah, I loved that part in your talk when you talked about we all have something that makes our life feel more messy. You know, yeah. and that varies from person to person, but it's it's very hard to battle. How do you see it as like just a part of you and not like this challenging thing you need to either mute or get rid of? Yeah. Is often yeah. how I'll feel. Or that's especially how I felt when I first got herpes. It was like, you can't get rid of this thing. Now what? Right? How do you navigate now as opposed to if it was, you know, another STI? And you've created opportunities based on that. You found the overlap. You found ways right. to create art and like lean into it a little bit. And I think a lot, like a lot of times we have no choice and it still takes work to get there. A lot of people sit in that, like, I have these two sides. I have these two things. I have the good and the bad, as opposed to therapy or whatever it is to get you to kind of live in the middle. Yeah. I love that. Living in the middle. I'm going to start, I'm going to start thinking that to myself. I feel like a full um, do you, speaker right now. I swear I'm funny. <laughs> you are though. No, you are a great <laughs> you speaker. Are That's why funny. I wanted you on. <laughs> um, but let's I, get everyone cry for a few minutes. Then we'll circle back. <laughs> right, what, let's uh, reach deep down into your soul and then we'll make you laugh. What's the hardest thing you've ever been through? Okay, now let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am curious, you know, since you do speak literally all over the world, and especially you speak, you know, from children at summer camps to these big corporate, you know, events and conferences. I'm curious, what, is, what do you think is the number one thing people often come up to you and talk to you about after seeing you speak? It's a little different between like young people and like a corporate event. And my, my talks are totally different. At all of them, there's like right. one constant. I'm combining comedy and storytelling with like tips and tools for a more inclusive office space or summer camp or like whatever it is. With young people, when I perform at like summer camps, they line up to share with me their thing, right? Like oh. whatever they've got going on. And it might be a diagnosis, a, a disability, a mental health challenge. Or it might be something about a sibling or a best friend or that their parents just got divorced. It's like whatever is on their mind, because when they were listening to me, that's what they were connecting it back to, like their story. Yeah. Everybody's like identifying something. Yes. So uh, I joke that when I leave a summer camp or a high school, if there's time for me to like meet everyone after or they line up, I know so many diagnoses. I know what's going on at home for so many kids. <laughs> I like they're sharing with me for corporate keynotes it's different it's all it's it's different and i think the biggest thing that they want to share with me is they they finally feel like they can talk about it like like ask questions to to make someone uh to put accommodations in place in the office i think in the workplace there's such a fear of saying the wrong thing that we end up saying nothing and so at corporate events, I'm giving a lot of tools of like, we don't need to ask someone their diagnosis, but we can say, like, what can we put in place to let you thrive in this position? That's a question about accommodations. And so, uh, and then a lot of times after a corporate event, I just did a corporate event a few years ago, not just a few years ago. I'm a comedian. Look at that. <laughs> I just did it 17 years ago. No. Um, and the COO came up to me crying and was like, like I learned, I laughed, I cried. And he was like, and I'm about to hire you at my son's school. <laughs> and sure enough, oh. he then hired me to perform at this Amazing. son's school. So I think even in a corporate setting, they're thinking about their world. Yeah. It's hard because I think when you're thinking about disability and mental health, you're really nervous to laugh. And so there's like a little bit of when I do a show, I, at comedy, people come ready to laugh. If I'm doing a stand-up gig in the city – for the most part, they they they've opted in unless it's one. They're of the aware. Shows. They're like, we're gonna we're gonna laugh. Which yeah. is why I'm 
bar shows where it's ambush comedy where they're like, oh no, there's a comedy show here. Um, but at these gigs, it's at these events, it's you almost have to like like lean into it. There's like there's like a level of foreplay that has to happen to get them comfortable. You're like it's okay. Topics yeah. that fine. And sometimes we don't get there and they're not into the laughter. And then I lean heavier into like stories and that piece. So I let the audience take the lead, but I always hope that we get to laugh together. It makes it a little less scary for them to ask questions. Or especially, you know, you mentioned that you've been like kicked out of school or had to change schools. I remember you told me a story once you were like kicked out of your own temple for, you know, noises and things like that. I'm curious, like, if you could go back in time, right, kind of knowing what you know now, granted, you'll be, you know, a young kid, but what would you, is there anything you almost wish you did differently or almost something you could tell your, your parents to help out with and and talking to these schools and trying to kind of navigate, I don't want to say this problem, but, you know, basically it's like, hey, at some point, you know, how can I change? It's hard to say, how can I change the system? But essentially... What would you do differently if you could go back? I don't know that as 14, I could have made major changes to the system. I think the one- <laughs> Unlikely, was, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, and by the way, I sued my school system and that's how I got to go to weird kid boarding school across the country. There was like enough- Oh my gosh. Legally, uh, that, that my, which is now I think why I have a master's in advocacy, but we sued my school system in the Midwest and I won the right to go to boarding school. And- Damn, uh, Oh yeah, wow. Right? I think the one big piece I would have started to do sooner is- I, I kind of had this thought process of like, I don't, I don't know that I could have articulated it, but um, I'll learn to love myself when Tourette's goes away. And I wish I would have started the journey sooner to find something I loved about myself because I was a depressed, suicidal kid. And it wasn't until boarding school where in detention where I lived, basically, they asked me to make a list of what I loved about myself. And it was there they realized like I had nothing. I genuinely wasn't being an asshole in that moment. I just had nothing I loved about myself. And they were the ones that were like, well, we got to fix that. So they put me on a journey to find something I loved about myself. And then over time, I was like, oh, like I'm funny and this and this. And it is maybe connected to these parts about me that are hard. And overwhelming. At this point, I love asking people, what do you love about yourself? Or what's one thing you're going to do to start the journey to love yourself? Because I think that was the piece I wish I had done sooner and wish someone in my world had identified sooner. And I think so many of us get to adulthood without ever thinking about that. Um, and that takes it out of like external validation. Like, what do you value in yourself? What do you love in yourself? And what does it look like to lean into that? Even when stuff is hard, especially when stuff is hard. Yeah, I love that. And I also love the idea that it's not, well, I will when, Mm. because I think a lot of people are stuck in those kinds of mindsets, even when it comes to like, well, I'll start dating when, or, Mm -hmm. you know, when, when I'm settled or when I feel this or what, you know, whatever it is, I, I think so many people are waiting to start their lives because they think that they're going to feel a different way just by waiting. The I'll be happy when, yeah, or I'll slow down when I'll like. And a lot of times it's, it's like, okay, even when you get the thing and you hit that goal, it's, then there's always just another goal. There's always just another thing you're working towards. And, and, and I mean, dating is a very easy example to give too. of like, you think, oh, when I get a boyfriend, I'll be happy. And then what if that milestone just moves to when I get engaged, I'll be happy. When I'm mm-hmm. married, I'll be happy. When we buy a house together, I'll be happy. When we have kids, I'll be happy or, you yeah, know, it keeps moving. love myself. Yeah. It's hard, a- very hard. And also everyone's happy is different and it's not always what you expect it's going to be. 
I think that's like part of what makes it fun to figure out in the journey. I, my family's all Midwestern. And a few months ago, one of my mom's friends was like, um, she knew I was single and she was like, you're going to find your happiness. And I was like, I found it. I'm the happiest. Hi, hello. <laughs> it's me. I, oh, I love that. I'm not ready for marriage. What do you, I'm a, I would be a child bride at 36. <laughs> a lot of learning to do still. Hell yeah, dude. I joke that like the reason I think people rush is because of kids, which does make sense. But there are lots of yeah. ways to have kids, especially now. And I don't want kids. Uh, I, I This is absolutely a joke. I'm not coming up with this on the spot. But I told someone that I know that my uterus doesn't have Tourette's because I don't hear it ticking. <laughs> We're all separate. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. I, I think that that is the perfect note for us to end on also. <laughs> yeah. Just like I, go out with the bang, drop the mic, walk off camera. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, this was this was amazing, Pam. Thank you so much. I, I feel like we covered so much ground and different things and it was just all awesome. Thank you for hanging out and letting me hang out and for inviting me. Yeah. And we'll have uh, your link to your TED Talk and your social media handles in the description. Um, and what, what's your website again, Pamela? PamelaComedy.com. So if you uh, want to hire Pamela to speak at your event, she literally has several different talks for all ages. Uh, she's great. Obviously, she's touring all the time. She's already booked, but reach out to her because I, I love your story and I love talking to you. That's really yeah. sweet. I'm really, really, I, I, I think the world of you, uh, and I'm excited to get to hang out with you all tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, check the description, everybody, and um, we'll talk to you next week. See you next Bye. week. Bye.